This is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. Bang your head against the wall. Bang, 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 bang. Brain needs an overhaul. We're all the same. When your heart is in pain, turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, nope. psychological, or professional nope. advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, the man, the man, the myth, the, myth. the legend, That's the Monty Man. Telling you the truth, no, I ain't gonna lie to you. Around, hit the ground. Time to lay a burden down. Lay it down. Denver Wolf is here in the studio. Hey, Denver. Morning. What's happening? Oh, not much. It's Monday morning. Here we are. Here we are at the Take 12 Recovery uh, Radio Show. Live on that. On that thing. Yeah. yeah. On, on YouTube. <laughs> but over there in that little brown chair, we're missing uh, Marv. I know. Marv, where are you? <laughs> yeah, he is Marv, missing Marv, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> scheduling conflict i believe yeah we'll find him yeah yeah we'll find him all right so um this week on the show we're going to be talking about life after treatment and uh, what's that look like what are some tips to uh, maintain a healthy recovery uh before we even get to that though i gotta tell you that marcia and i went and saw a great movie family friendly for the most part <laughs> that's the optimal phrase for the most part there may be a little in there once in a while, usually just a verbal one, but really excellent movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon. I heard about it. Yeah, it's with Shia LaBeouf and uh, a new actor, uh, Zach Gotzigan. 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 I think that's his name, last name, or how you pronounce it. Uh, Zach is, um, has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. He's a high-functioning Down syndrome, and uh, he always wanted to be an actor, but of course, the acting community said we have no roles for you. So wrong. <laughs> Shiloh LaBeouf created one for him, and they made this movie, The Peanut Butter Falcon. It is superb. It is excellent. It's a great feel good movie, and uh, so so Zach plays plays Zach, and he runs away from a group home, and he decides that he wants to be a pro wrestler. So he runs away from this group home. He bumps into Shiloh LaBeouf, and he's kind of a ragamuffin. I wouldn't say he's a 
criminal so much as he is. He's just kind of a lost soul, right? Um, but he's got a huge heart. And so it's their travels together on the way to seek out the ability to become this uh, professional wrestler, you know, and how they help each other and how their relationship grows. And it's really, it's it's just a really decent movie. Uh, please check it out if you have a chance to. I, I love it when I walk away from, and, and what we were going to go see, um, we were going to go see, because we were celebrating my birthday all week. And so Marsha kept doing these nice, little all things. Week. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you get my age, you get to do that all week long. <laughs> we were going to go see It. Uh, you know, because uh, I'm a Stephen King fan, but I read, but I read, I read the reviews. Uh, I think it's called Plugged In. It's like Focus on the Family, and I read the reviews. Oh my gosh! The the I think the F word is used in it like 495 times. That's it's three a shame. T- three times is worse as Pulp Fiction. You know, I'm like, I really don't want to fill my head with that for nah. two hours. You know, so I said, Nah, I'm not going to go see that. And um, let's just go and see what's there, right? So we went, and here was the Peanut Butter Falcon, which my son had told me about. I said, let's go. Let's go check it out. It was just, it was superb. Good stuff. Um, So that's kind of a win before any wins, right? Uh, Sure. Okay, but now we got to do a wine. Stop right there. It's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. There's only one problem. I really don't have anything to whine about this week. Oh, oh you're lying. <laughs> I really, well, I do, but I don't want to discuss that on the air, so we'll just leave it alone. Um, but uh, not not really. I mean, uh, I just, I tried. I tried to cause an irritant in my life, and it didn't work this Dig week. Dig deep, Monty. I'm sure it's there. It's, yeah, I'm sure it's there, too. Yeah. But but not, nothing nothing radio-worthy, really. How about oh. you? Any radio-worthy whining? No, nothing I really need to air either. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into none of that. Right, that. right. Yeah. We can have fun with some of them. Some are just brutal that don't need to be yeah. broadcast. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> off tape whenever we do those. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay, but I'm sure we can kind of find and a win. And now it's there. time for the Monty Man's Seesaw. Weekly Win. Oh, my. Yeah. Definitely have um, a couple of wins here. Um, if you got something to whine about and you can't find something to be grateful for, you can't have fun with the whining because then it's just you're being miserable. So we got to have we got to have some wins. And so um, the the first one I, I may have talked about this a little bit before. Um, but we got our foundation fixed. Here yeah, I noticed at, how at, level your neighborhood looks now. Doesn't it? Yeah, you're the corner house. <laughs> everything just kind of yeah, everything leveled out when I drove yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, we are the cornerstone uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, but the thing about that that's really great is so, and I, you know, I have no problem with throwing companies and businesses and restaurants under the bus that I feel are just not doing an adequate job and they're just ripping off the public and that kind of thing. We had two estimates. The first one was from a company called Terra Firma to fix our foundation. They wanted $28,000 to fix our foundation. Thousands. Right. Um, They wanted to do things that we didn't know at the time 
they wanted to sell us a bunch of stuff we didn't need, huh. which is common. That's weird. Right. 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 <laughs> um, but then we had Ramjack come out and give us an estimate. The same work with a bunch of stuff we didn't need, $7,000. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the loan company, which, by the way, I will throw them under the bus. If you ever have an opportunity to get a loan from Green Sky, do not do it. <laughs> Don't. Run. Green um, Sky? Uh, Green Sky, yeah. They are they, they're very unprofessional. They're shysters. They... Um, we had some problems with the contract. I tried to get a hold of them. This has no reflection on Ramjack at all. This is just Green Sky. And uh, as soon as I started talking about what I was concerned with, they hung up on me. They wouldn't call us back. So I went to Ramjack, and it's not their job to follow up with this. They didn't have to do that. Well, they went after Green Sky. I wanted to know, what are you doing to our customer? And Green Sky wouldn't return their calls. So... Here's the kudos for Ramjack. Ramjack calls me up. He says, we are going to pay half of your interest rate because of what they've done to you. Right on. Yeah. So they, they're they taking care. Of, he said, we're just going to cut you a check. They didn't have to do that. No. Excellent. You, you know, and it's, it's a foundation repair. I'll probably never need it again. Oh, by the way, the foundation also had cracks in other areas that weren't they weren't serious. I mean, the guy told me at Ramjack, he says, concrete will give you two guarantees. It's hard and it cracks. <laughs> Your house is done settling, which is not what Terra Firma told us. Says your house is done settling. Uh, he says, how much do they want to fix the other cracks too? And I said, to do the whole thing, they wanted 50000 Wow. The guy just, he just about fell off his chair, right? So anyway, when the job was done, which only took a day, not a week, um, I said, what about the other cracks? I mean, how much were you guys charged to, to fix those? He goes, oh, I already did it. He said, I had enough enough uh, sealant, Mortar, the, the stuff yeah. that they use. It's a special kind that, that you know, is it, flexible. I just went ahead and did it. He said, there's no charge for that. Right on. Now, we're never going to have to use them again. They didn't have to do all that, but that's the kind of integrity they have. And then we found out from Lynn County who I guess uses Ramjack, that they've had nothing but good good luck with him and success. That's a major win, man. Yeah. You know, so when people do it do it wrong, they should be exposed. And when people do it right, they should be praised. Amen. So Amen. Uh, praise goes to, to Ramjack. So if you got a foundation problem, and it's a very specialized area, not just anybody can fix foundations. But stay away from green sky. Stay away from green sky. Uh, please. <laughs> so Ramjack offers a couple of, of loan companies. Uh, there's another one that used two, and I think they're questioning whether they're even going to keep Green Sky. So stay away yeah. from Green Sky. After today, at least. Right. The other thing, the other win, and this is just huge. So as many of the listeners know, and of course you do, is last week I wasn't here. Um, I had to fly out to uh, Florida to be involved in an intervention. Um, How's the weather? It's horrible out there. You know, 99 degrees plus, the humidity is 98%. It's muggy, it's wet, it's rainy. But that also kind of expresses the life, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, of my best friend from my college days, who I've known since 1976, and he was in deep, deep, deep trouble. 
alcoholism was had taken hold of him um, to the degree that it was causing complications physically in other areas. He, he definitely has other physical issues as well, but this is this is the one that's killing him now. And he wasn't interested in getting into recovery, and so uh, he and his family, or uh, myself and his family, we got together uh, with Matt Brown, the CEO of Freedom Interventions, and I'm just going to give you their website, freedominterventions.com. Um, got together and uh, we invoked an intervention. And it was combative at first, like they n- usually are, right? Yeah. But then when he finally made the statement, well, we could try that. Even though he tried to backpedal afterwards, it was done. The fight was over. And there was a peace and there was, there was a, like a burden lifted. You know what I mean? Um, because years of fighting and doing it his way had come to a screeching halt. And the intervention was, it, it, it was very emotional. Uh, these things, they, they are. I've been involved in a couple of them. This probably was the most emotional for me because this is somebody that was dear, close and dear to my heart. And uh, we were able to uh, get him moving forward to a treatment center in Texas that has full medical workups and nurses on staff. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's an amazing center uh, called Brazos, Brazos Recovery Center in Waco, Texas. And uh, so to protect anonymity, I'm not mentioning anybody's names here, but I just want to say that to his family, um, I've grown even closer to them, uh, particularly to, to his son. Uh, his oldest boy, and uh, he's just an incredible guy, just an incredible guy, tons of integrity, and uh, just loves loves his dad like like a son should. You know what I mean? Right. And it was so it was good. the The outcome was good. Now the work begins, though. You yes. know, yeah. And so this kind of what is inspired the topic for this week: life after treatment, because there's going to be life after treatment for my friend. Because treatment is just the beginning of the journey. Right. We're, we're just starting to scratch the surface here. So we're going to be talking about that. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. So if if you know somebody who is in need of an intervention and you want it done right, let me tell you, Matt Brown's the guy to talk to. Um, and he'll fly all over the country. doesn't matter where. He's out of Bend, Oregon. Freedominterventions.com. Check him out. All right. So we're going to take uh, we're going to take a break and come back and we're going to hit this topic life after treatment. Okay, Denver Wolf. All righty. All right. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, check it out. The best in recovery talk and positive music radio is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, and Podomatic. Simply visit any of these platforms and search for Take Twelve Recovery Radio. Listen and download hundreds of our shows for fun and for free. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Addiction cost Oregonians $5.9 billion annually. Hi there. This is Monty Meyer, CEO of Oregon's Take 12 Recovery Radio, with an urgent message for everyone who calls Oregon home. Did you know that in regards to adequate addiction treatment, there is no single point of accountability or authority within our state government and that there are no people in recovery in the decision-making roles? For this to change, we need you to stand with us. We are Oregon Recovers, and we recognize the frustration of no meaningful prevention programs 
long wait times for treatment and poor aftercare. Isn't it time to get off the sidelines and plug into a solution that is stable and lasting? To begin that process, visit us at OregonRecovers.org and stand with us today. That's OregonRecovers.org. The time is now. This is Chris Schroeder. You are listening to Take12Radio.com, recovery talk and positive music. Welcome back to the show where no one knows what they're talking about. Welcome back to the folks that smell like sauerkraut. Yep. That we feel like it's real. We just don't know. We don't. Is this just a dream or a recovery show? Who'd have thought we'd lead ya? <laughs> right back here where we need ya. Well, we tease you a lot because we got you on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. That's right. Welcome back. Because you see, you're kind of stuck with us now. (laughs) You're trapped. There you go. Welcome back to the show. (sighs) Wow. Late night, apparently. Oh, my goodness. All right. (laughs) The topic, life after treatment. Um, The fact is that many folks are in need of what more than what their religious organization can offer, church, synagogue, whatever, more than what their 12-step support meeting can offer, they may need medical detox. They may need medical assisted treatment, uh, better known as MAT. They may need um, medical supervision. I mean, let me tell you, if if my friend who we conducted this intervention with, if he had tried to stop drinking cold turkey and just go to a 12-step meeting, he could have died. It was that severe. Uh, and so, uh, although these other these other methods for recovery, uh, and I'm a, I'm a I'm a twelve stepper, so are you. I mean, they are absolutely valid, and and we know for a fact that in the long run, um, over the the last eighty years plus years, we know that they are the most successful method. But sometimes people need more than that to hit the reset button. And so um, they have to go into the hospital. They have to go into medically assisted treatment programs. Uh, and so that's all well and good too. But once the body is kind of reset and the person's gotten healthy and they're eating right again and their, their mind is unclouded and they've gotten some of these tools. And, and by the way, there's a link at take12radio.com. Um, at the bottom of the page that says something to the effect of choosing treatment. And there's some guidelines in there. And let me tell you, for my money, if a treatment center or recovery center or residential program, faith-based or otherwise, doesn't follow those criteria, run. So check those out. Now, that is my opinion, but I stand by it. So go to Take12Radio.com, go down to the bottom of the page where it talks about selecting treatment. 
and uh, and check that out. It, it's a really good guideline to follow. Uh, but what happens when that's done? And by the way, I am not a real supporter of 30-day treatment programs, although they may be okay for the non-alcoholic or the non-addict, somebody simply a, a drug or alcohol abuser but isn't actually an addict or an alcoholic. Um, and they're, they're a good start, but that only scratches to the surface of some of the issues. Uh, 60 days is a little better. 90 days and more, much better. Um, I really support a year program uh, because now we're getting into we're we're past the the medical part we're we're past some of the physical stuff and we're into dealing with more than symptoms, um, abusing alcohol, abusing narcotics, abusing uh, um, money, overspending, overeating, pornography, all that stuff. That is, those are all symptoms of a deeper issue. And once we get past the symptoms, now we got to deal with the deeper issues. So 90 days plus is always my recommendation, uh, a year ideally. But what happens when you're done with that? And so um, I put together a list as adapted from Skywood Recovery. You can visit their website at skywoodrecovery.com. And this is kind of mixed with some of my own suggestions as well. Uh, some tips to really maintain a healthy recovery after treatment. This thing is a lifelong process, right, Denver? I mean, we yeah. we have got to – we have to be vigilant. And, and let's address that before I even go into this with, with you. We got, we got to be vigilant with our recovery. We have to be, in our, be our own advocates, right? I, I love recovery better than treatment, just the word. I mean, I, I realize treatment is because, like you said, we all come in at a different level. Right. You know, um, I did not have to go to the hospital, even though there's a few times I probably should have. I've just right, hunkered right. up. Right, right. You dodged that bullet. Yeah, yeah. I just hunkered up and shook for a few days. But, uh, yeah, I've never had that level of treatment. But sure. recovery is ongoing uh, daily. For me. And that's yeah. what we're talking about after treatment, quote unquote, yeah, is what, recovery. What are you going to do to stay? What are you going to do to uh, enhance your recovery? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let, let's let's go ahead and, and dig into this. Number one, be honest with yourself. Now that kind of sounds like yeah. a no brainer, right? But yeah. we have been lying to ourselves for a long time. And 90 days and even a year, listen, you may still be struggling with being honest with yourself. Heck, I struggle with being honest with myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, I like to play it up. After 22 years of sobriety, I can still lie to myself like the best of them. Yeah. You bet. Um, so you were addicted to alcohol and or drugs or other behaviors, right? And could, again... If you're not careful and not being honest with yourself, that can start picking away at, you know, the mortar that helped build your wall that is between you and whatever it was that you were doing before. So have you ever lied to yourself? Denver? Listeners, ever lie to yourself? Ever convince yourself that something's not quite that bad? Uh, so... That's really that's really key. Number two, continue complete abstinence. Again, sounds like a no-brainer, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that one cracked me up when I read it. It, it, it is funny. But isn't it interesting how many people go through treatment? Let's let's pick on that's uh, not pick on it, but let's use let's use uh, Adult and Teen Challenge for instance, or Salvation Army, or Victory Outreach, or Serenity Springs, or Brazos Recovery Center. Pick, uh, pick. Guys leave and then they think, okay, maybe I can have a beer once in a while. Well, you can. You but, could, but <laughs> but I don't know how many times I've heard people say, "Well, you know, my my problem was really methamphetamine." So, uh, you know, I know I know I never really used it until I got good and drunk, but that was my problem. So, when I get out of here, I know I can drink with impunity. Yeah, right. Well, that's not abstinence. And it's interesting because in the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous, for instance, it states that um, some of us viewed alcohol separately, but we cannot be confused about this. Alcohol is a drug. We must abstain from all drugs in order to recover. Now, that's the viewpoint of Narcotics Anonymous. Now, you don't have to agree with that, but that is what it says. And it seems to have proven out. So not remaining abstinent uh, seems to be a red flag. And, and, and more and over, we, we see people dabbling again in other areas because they think they can dabble and it won't bite them and it tends to bite them. So this isn't, a, isn't a, uh, the description here is this isn't a matter of moderation. This it, isn't a matter of moderation. <laughs> I, I say this all the time, and I say it to myself, I say it to others. I say, you know, I can probably get away with this for that and that for this for yeah. a while. But uh, in my heart of hearts, I know in the end, it's going to end up bad. It yeah. Just, it just always does. It just always does. And it always will. I don't care. I don't care how much I lie to myself about this. Right, you know, I can do this, and look how good I'm doing. Right, but in the end, it's going to end up bad. Right. So yeah. So it's not a matter of moderation of no. self control or adherence. Most of the time, recovery calls for a commitment to total abstinence every waking moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If that's what you want. Right. Right. If that's what you want, it, you know, what kind of quality of recovery do you want? Right. And and really, it does come down to that. I ask the guys all the time, what do you want to do? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. What do you, what do you <laughs> want to do? What do you want out of this? Now that you're clear-headed, now that the fog is, has lifted, and you can kind of ask that question with some clarity, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay stoned, but you don't want to drink? That might work for you. I don't know. Doesn't work it's for me. Gonna, it's gonna end up bad. It's gonna. It is. It is. You know. But we got these right fighters with the marijuana thing now. You know. And I just. I, I'm sorry. Just. Just say what it is. You want to be stoned. Yeah. Give me a break. Just yeah. be honest about it. It goes back to number one. Be honest with yourself. Oh, my back hurts. Okay, maybe. Nine times out of ten, you just want to get high. Whew. <laughs> next <laughs> next number three prevent relapse okay while minor relapses may occur you're not perfect uh but you're determined okay it does happen let me just let me just say this 
Relapse is never, 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 never a part of recovery. Until it happens, then it can be. But if you're being told, hey, man, relapse is part of recovery. Don't sweat it. You need to run from whoever's telling you that because that's a lie. Um, you must avoid letting down your guard to surrender your power, your identity to substances. Remember, people are more vulnerable to rash action when hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Commonly referred to as halt. Mm -hmm. By the way, it's where we get KHLT, Recovery Broadcasting. Wow. People didn't know that. That's heavy. Because the West Coast, it's W for radio broadcasting. In the, I mean, in the East Coast. In the West Coast, it's K. So H-A-L-T, Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. We, you can't, can only have so many letters. So we had to pull the angry out of there. So it's K. Wait a minute. What is it? I got to look up there. K-H-L-T. Hungry, Lonely, and Tired. All right. But it's, it's K-Halt. K-Halt Recovery Broadcasting is what it is. Huh. Um, yeah. Did you know that? No, Remember? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Isn't that a trip? Um, so, yeah. So, are you eating right? Are you allowing yourself to be angry without building resentments? We could do a whole show on how to do that. Um, are you making sure you're not too lonely? And are you getting enough rest? Those are key um, relapse prevention tools. They seem pretty basic, but boy, we don't we don't take care of ourselves, even after treatment. Uh, number four, test for other mental health conditions. Yeah, what about that? Whew. Many people with substance use disorders also have other health issues. Those other conditions may continue um, to a, a substance use disorder or contribute to a substance use disorder. If there is a mental or physical health condition present, this is referred to as having co-occurring disorders, and you should be treated for dual diagnosis. Again, the alcohol, the narcotics, those are symptoms. There may be other stuff going on that has to do with mental health. And if you're just being abstinent and you're not dealing with some of those issues, you may be interested in talking to a mental health professional. It isn't going to hurt you. It's okay to, to make an appointment, talk to somebody. You know, here's the danger with simply talking to a general practitioner. Lots of times in your first year of sobriety, they may want to prescribe you a mental health medication because you're depressed or you're manic or you're happy or you're sad. Listen, you've only been sober a year. You're supposed to be yo-yo boy. You may get a diagnosis that's in inaccurate. You need to seek people that are mental health professionals, not just general practitioners. But there's no shame in doing that, especially in today's world where we're dealing with a lot of co-occurring mental health issues. Um, my friend, where we conducted the intervention, there are issues in his life that started way before he started abusing alcohol. Those need to be addressed. For in order for him to get well. Uh, so if you think just removing the substance is going to solve all your problems, that that may be something you want to reconsider. Did you have all your issues go away, Denver, when you stopped drinking? No. Yeah? 
No, no, no. Right? No, there, there's lots of issues still going on in my right. life. Right. You know, that's uh, uh, think being able to think clearly is helping me realize. You know what? I need to work on that too. Or uh, yeah, I get plugged in with people where I can talk about it a little bit. Sure. You know, I I don't sure. think I've ever been to a mental health expert or anything, but uh, when you get the fog clears and you can sit down and reasonably talk with somebody, yeah. there's other issues I deal with, and I'm happy to be dealing with them. You know, you're aware of them sure. when you're dull sure. and on alcohol. Right. For me, alcohol, uh, I wasn't thinking or dealing with nothing. I was just grabbing another <laughs> bottle to numb it. Yeah. It was your solution, right? It was my solution. Yeah. It worked. All right. Um, so the next one here is uh, number five. Seek and maintain a strong social support system. Man, is this ever mm-hmm. important. Huge. To stay the course of recovery, you need to have a positive drug-free social network. This may involve family therapy or group therapy to build bonds or individual therapy to help build boundaries. Um, it may not be professional therapy. You may be able to do this without that. Many do. But you have a network of people that aren't abusing. They're not using substances to deal with their issues. Right? I, I find myself in the public a lot. You know, I, I don't like people, but I love people. Right, you don't that, like that little a... oxymoron thing that goes on with me. Yeah, there. but uh, I'm not ever. Uh, I pick and choose when I share the struggle that I've had, but I'm really not ashamed to do it. And when I do, I find out so many other people that have been going through the same thing in their life. You know, I'm getting X-rays done on my foot. Somehow the conversation comes up. I say, "Yeah, I'm in recovery." He goes, "Oh, really? Me too." X amount of years. Uh, I pass him a business card. I hope you're listening. I forgot your name, but yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Uh, when you get to visiting out there and, and and bumping into people, you find out that there's so many others out there, and it's just even five minutes of time, it's encouraging to speak right. with these people. They have X amount of years, or they're brand new in recovery, or what they're doing for their recovery. You know, you bet. It's just a, it's a big, big network. Get out there, find people that are like-minded. Yeah, it's it's huge. In fact, uh, I referred to this a couple of shows ago uh, on how huge. Just at one of the conferences, the the uh, the World Convention of Alcoholics Anonymous in San Antonio, Texas, several years ago. I'm up in the Space Needle thing, observatory thing, and you could not see where the sidewalk started and the, or stopped and the street began. That's how many people there were. It was gigantic. And I'm just telling you, that's just a small example of the recovery community. Yeah, that's just one, one what, weekend, one day. Right. And right. this goes on you know, 24 yearly yeah. out there. There's yeah. just every, there's places to get plugged in. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, number six, find drug-free environment. Precautions must be taken to ensure your living and working situations that they feel safe for you. Do not lure yourself back into addictive behavior. So I'm going to pick on this one for a minute. You and I know some folks that got out of residential treatment after a year and plugged right into a job where drinking was the social lubricant of the day and was encouraged. And that's the used car and new car uh, sales movement. <laughs> that, that's a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of places. Uh, but yeah. but around here, 
Right. That is that is one of the hubs. And drinkies, drinking is encouraged. Drinking is promoted. In fact, if you're not drinking at 3 o'clock, something's wrong with you. Um, I've talked to people that are in, in law. Uh, one one fellow told me at, at 3 o'clock, 3.34, they'd wheel out the cart at his law firm. It's time to drink. Apparently, I took a wrong turn. You took a wrong young. turn. You shouldn't have been in law, right? <laughs> no, hey, that's you, the, like I said, that was a business. In ours, it was painting. You know, oh, I, yeah. I was a painter, and there was a refrigerator with beer on the premise yeah. sitting in the back. Come come the end of the shift there, whenever that was for right? you, you know, yeah. it, we were sitting there until 7 o'clock at night drinking beer. Um, so the first interview I ever did on this show almost 16 years ago with a guy named Juan O. He grew up as a migrant worker. And so when you reach, I think it was the age of 13, you were considered a man. But you had to prove your manhood by drinking from the wine barrel. It was like a wine barrel cut in half filled with you know tequila bottles and beer and that kind of stuff. And so young kids... They looked for that day. That was part of a rite of passage out in the migrant fields. Wow. And and so, you know, I mean, it was encouraged. And so if you didn't drink, you were kind of, you know. You went an back out- to the house. You, huh? were, you were kind of an outsider. <laughs> uh, so th- there's, a, you know, I mean, we live in a, in a, in a world. There's even, I hate to say this, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there. There are churches today that are having Bible studies, sitting around, drinking wine and beer. And I'm not even talking about a glass. I'm talking about bottles after bottles after bottles, sitting on the table, opening up the Bible, doing a Bible study, posting it on social media. And if you want to be part of their group, you're going to be drinking, man. Mm. That's that's crazy. Um, that That is... <laughs> We could do a whole show on that. Maybe someday we will. Uh, but but I'm just saying, using mind-altering substances for a ton of different reasons is the norm of the day. It has been for years. It continues to be. So you need to be in a drug-free environment. Now, you can't be 24-7, obviously, because this is so prevalent in our society. You can't avoid this stuff. You need to learn how to stay sober even in the middle of it. You need to be able to go to your friend's wedding where everybody's getting plowed, pay your respects, not drink, and be able to leave. You need to be able to go grocery shopping down the same aisle that the beer is because that's where your fruit and vegetables are and not relapse. Yes, but you don't need to intentionally put yourself in risky situations. And if you're spending 30, 40, 60 hours a week working and that's what's going on in your job, it's going to be a difficult It's one. going to be difficult. It certainly is. Um, number seven, form a new healthy lifestyle. Naturally, without calling drugs out of your life, new patterns of healthy living need to be practiced until they become your new habit. This will take time, and it may feel awkward or uncomfortable at first, but it can be done intentionally and successfully. So I'm not a good example of this, but <laughs> exercise, yeah, eating properly, not staying up too late, getting proper sleep. These are all things that many of us, certainly my friend, were not good examples of. (laughs) 
And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're eating nutritional food and, and you're not eating processed foods and you're not going to the fast food joint all the time and you're not staying up late, you're getting proper sleep and some of these basic lifestyle things, your recovery, uh, it, well, it's just going to enhance it. Uh, number eight, submit to post-treatment monitoring. You, 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 I laugh. You this. The, this feels so big brotherish, doesn't it? Submit, submit. to post-treatment monitoring. Mr. Meyer, number four, get in the follow the yellow line and submit the post treatment monitoring. (laughs) Monitoring. This was the wording that was actually uh, actually on Skywood Recovery. This one wasn't mine. Um, Thank goodness. But the definition behind this uh, really it it bears out. As a person with a history of substance use um, disorder and possibly other complicated conditions, you should remain aware of the power of addiction. Remember, it's cunning, it's baffling, and it's powerful. A sponsor or supportive sober person or program, such as AA, NA, CR, Celebrate Recovery, and others can help you remember your goals. So post-treatment, you are plugged in to some sort of system that where people like you who have struggled in this area have come out the other side, are living in the light, and are helping to keep you accountable. Thank you. That's the word. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, you want to call that post treatment monitoring? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, but but really, it's just it's just wisdom. Right. You know, we go. To, you and I go. We'll go to church to hang out with people who are spiritually uh, focused in the same direction because there's something about the camaraderie and the fellowship that helps us right. move through life. It just makes sense to hang out in recovery circles where you are you have suffered from the same malady and you're working on the same solution to isolate yourself uh again that's boy that is a big deal with a lot of people who have struggled uh in the area of addiction is isolation number 9 don't overcompensate with treatment hopefully behind you for good hopefully you don't have to go back some people do but hopefully you don't uh, you may have feelings of shame, guilt, and sorrow for all that has been lost or damaged. Because a lot of these feelings come to the surface, right, after you stop medicating. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons you were medicating was because you were shameful and remorseful and all that kind of stuff. So now that stuff is coming to the surface. Resist the temptation to set unrealistic expectations on yourself or overwork yourself This might only lead to more frustration, anxiety, and stress, which could pull you back into that old familiar routine involving alcohol, narcotics, or other addictive behaviors. Boy, I'll tell you, one one of the things that is very dangerous that a lot of ministries do is they will go against scriptural advice, which states, lay your hands on no man suddenly, which means... Don't put somebody in a position of authority or leadership too quickly. You, you really need to find out where they're at, what's their background, and particularly if there's somebody in recovery and they're new to recovery, you, you probably shouldn't put too much on their plate right away because most addicts and alcoholics tend to be perfectionists, workaholics, and that kind of thing, and they'll take it on, man, mm-hmm. and then they'll burn out. And so you don't want to do that. Ever experienced burnout, Denver? Yeah. 
I was just thinking with almost everything, and I'm speaking for myself, that when I take something on, it's gung-ho. Yeah. You, you jump know? in with both feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you go and you go till uh, you're tired of it, burned out, uh, sick of it, whatever. You know, it's just right. go, 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 get it, and, and then uh, you burn out on it. So moderation, that word. Yeah, and it's to be practiced as much, the best you can. It's hard to. And, and, and here's I'm gonna get myself in trouble with my with my twelve uh, step buddies. Um, but here's the truth of the matter: we really promote service work a lot in our twelve step programs, and there's a good reason for that. When and we're gonna touch on on that here in one of these these uh, tips. But if you are because one of the one of the statements that was said to me years ago was, "When you're asked to serve, never say no." That yeah. is wrong. I, I was just going to say, learning to say no is huge, absolutely huge. Because honestly, I have said yes to uh, a number of things in my life and totally regretted it afterwards. Right, not shown up or right. or called and made an excuse, a lie, that's to yeah. why I can't make it. Yeah, so. Learning and practicing to say a healthy no is very, very important to recovery. You bet. You don't you bet. overextend yourself. Now I get it in the beginning. You know, you want you want you want to be willing to, you know, clean the bathroom, pour the coffee, yes. open the door, that kind of thing at your meetings. But to constantly say yes to every service uh uh opportunity uh, is to set yourself up for relapse. The, the farther we go in recovery, the more you're going to realize you've got to be in service. You've got to do things. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, it's gonna save you. But don't overdo it when you're getting don't started. don't overdo it. Because here's the thing: if you are depending uh, on service work to keep you sober, if that's all you're doing, what happens when you burn out? Yeah. So your dependence, and if you look surely through mainstream 12-step recovery programs, your dependence is supposed to be on a power greater than yourself. So if you're depending on your ability to serve and not a power greater than yourself, you're going to be in deep weeds. Sooner or later. Yeah, and according to Alcoholics Anonymous, that one is God. So it's not, it's not a room full of alcoholics. Right? No. Because if you're not. powerless, not powerless. <laughs> zero plus zero is zero. You know, it's not yeah. a, it's not service conventions. It's not any of that stuff. Those things are helpful. They're a piece of the pie, but they're not the whole thing at all. Um so you you want to make sure you 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 don't do that. Um that's part of setting unrealistic expectations on yourself or overworking yourself. All right. Uh number ten here is improve your attitude. Really? Yeah, you may want to work on that a little bit. Uh, you will find strength when you reflect daily on where you've been and what you've accomplished and the hopeful path you are now traveling. Expressing your gratitude will repair bridges that have been damaged and nurture a healthier mindset. Absolutely. Stay grateful. Be grateful for what you already have. I'm grumpy. Nah, right. you're grumpy. But, but yeah. with that being said, let me tell you, I do a, a, a grateful gratitude almost daily. I mean, I don't hey. write it down anymore, but uh, I just I am amazed at the the 
the things I have to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, there's some of them tiny and some of them are big, but it doesn't matter. I'm still grateful for, uh, for being alive often, you know, and everything that comes along with it. You know, we, we live, we live in a world today where our focus, we are invited constantly to focus on the negative. I mean, uh, the social media reeks of it. Um, the television reeks of it. The radio reeks of it. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking of one of my favorite talking heads who I stopped listening to because he's a conspiracy theorist. Some of his stuff is absolutely accurate, but it's it's so – it just drags on and on. The guy is constantly ripping on everybody. And it's like, you know what? I, I, I could go listen to the movie with all the F words in it probably – feel better coming out of that than listening to this knucklehead. I have a lot of fun with the negative, just, you know, hacking <laughs> on people and things, trolling for hits and all that that I do. But when the end of the day comes, I'm very grateful. Right. Um, I had a guy say, uh, when I work with guys, uh, when I sponsor guys, I, I ask them to write 30 things they're grateful for and they can't be associated with each other. They go, 30 things? I go, yep. Yeah. So I give them a week. Right, and one guy came back and he he said on his list was peanut butter, and I and I was like, <laughs> I like you. So tell me, tell me about peanut butter. He goes, I hate peanut butter. I so why did you write it down on your gratitude list? He goes, for the last year, peanut butter was all I had to eat. It kept me alive. I am so thankful for peanut butter. I'll never eat it again. Now, no, I'll never eat it again. Yeah, but huh. he was grateful. He saw the gratitude in having that. Yeah, you know, uh, and I thought, wow. Yeah, that's that's gratitude for you. Um, number eleven, give more of yourself to others. So this speaks of the service, service. work thing. Yeah. yeah, it's incredibly healing to help other people. Your involvement in twelve step groups, church, or service organizations will offer plenty of opportunity to give testimony, encouragement, and to share your experience, strength, and hope. By getting your mind off yourself, you may gain the fulfilling satisfaction of giving useful service to others. There's lots of way to be of service. You don't have to be of service simply in your 12-step fellowship. Certainly in the beginning, that's probably a wise thing to do because we owe a debt of gratitude to these fellowships that we can never fully repay. Uh, however, the world's a big place. Maybe it's Rotary. Maybe you're involved in the scouting or explorer movement. Maybe you're volunteering at the, your local church or synagogue. I, I don't know. But where you're getting out of yourself and you're doing something for somebody else, let me tell you, the therapeutic value of that, when I'm in my whiny mode and one of the guys, for instance, comes up to me at the Adult and Teen Challenge Center and he's having a rough time, everything changes. And he walks out of my office and you know what? My issues just aren't really important right. anymore. They're right. just not, you know, and uh, so there's a lot to be said. It, it makes you grateful after speaking with others. You know, you're going, oh, man. Yeah. I, I'm I'm happy that I'm not that way, you know, much right? right now. Uh, number 12, educate yourself and loved ones. Uh, everyone wins when you are able to assist or encourage significant people in your life to join you in learning more about addictions and mental wellness. Family therapy, parenting groups, and even support groups can help you and your loved ones learn more. But use caution. Don't be like the reformed smoker who after one week without tobacco is telling everyone else how they should stop smoking. It won't work. Mm. 
And a lot of people will do that. They'll get into recovery and they want to drag their entire family with them to the A meeting or whatever, you know. What, don't you care? Don't you want to improve your life? Don't do that. We're not going to save the world. Yeah, right, right. But invite them to. But don't force it. But the more that family can be educated, and by the way, um, I just want to congratulate my friend's son, who we did this intervention with. He is educating himself on Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps and the Big Book and addiction issues. He's jumping in because he wants to learn about this stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and, and it's going to be really beneficial for him and his family and his dad. Uh, number 13, maintain hope and resilience. We're all human. You're a work in progress. The lure to relapse into old habits and addictive behavior will always be out there. Just hold your ground and keep doing your best. Don't be surprised if you are faced with the dope man coming around the corner. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen. Uh-huh. Right? You'll be in the grocery store, yep. and there he is. There he is. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, main. how do you maintain hope? There's hope and hopelessness. One of the things you do is just you realize your broken condition, and you keep yourself again within a community and a network of people. So you can be accountable. And we're going to talk about that last one. Part of, uh, you know, really, that is, it's all about accountability. Um, so number 14, embrace community and spirituality. Consider expanding your sense of meaning and purpose in life by being an active part of a local community religious organization. That's always wise. And number 13, which I want to camp out on here as we close the show up this week. Use the five fingers of accountability. Maintaining open and honest communication with, and these are the following people. Uh, this is what something that, that I did. Uh, I put this together from my own experience. So take it as you will. Uh, open the lines of communication with, number one, your employer. Doesn't mean that you're telling your employer, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a dope fiend, man. You don't have to do that, right? But if you're going to work for somebody it's a good idea to let them know that you want to be the best employee, the most competent and most dependable employee on their staff. And you would appreciate it if they would hold you to a high, high standard. Employers seldom hear that kind of stuff from their people, you know, but it puts you, it makes you accountable. They don't need to know your history, but you're letting them know that you want to be, you know, a benefit to them. The best you can be. Yeah, you bet. Number two, your spiritual advisor. This would be your pastor, your rabbi, uh, somebody that is advises you spiritually. This isn't a sponsor. This is somebody that hones in more on your spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. Keep an open communication with them. Let them know when you're feeling like you're going sideways. Uh, number three, your recovery group. The group of people, that, that network, you need to keep the lines of communication open with them. Give them permission to call you on your stuff anytime they see you going off the rails. You want to comment? Uh, just the, the three you've already mentioned is uh, being honest with them. 
they're going to know something. They are going to know. Yeah. <laughs> everybody you mentioned, and probably the next two, will know that something's going on with you, and they're probably going to go, are you okay? Right. You know, and the I'm fine isn't going to cut it. No, I mean, it's not. It, they may not address the issue anymore at that point, but it's not going to solve the issue. Right. Most certainly. Be no, honest with it. Them. won't. It won't. Um, your sponsor, our recovery mentor. So this is somebody that is taking you through the 12 steps or whatever recovery program you're in <clears throat> that is a good fit for you. It, it, who, somebody who has been through that process, um, they have a sponsor and a mentor. Please don't get a sponsor or a mentor that doesn't have one himself. That's just not wise. Uh, and, and so this is somebody that you're going to be really going to be gut level honest with. This is that guy or gal that's going to say that you're going to tell them this is going on or that's going on. And they're not going to say to you, I would never have thought that of you. They're not going to do that. They're going to go, yeah, me too, man. You know, um, they're, they're not going to condemn you, but you've given them permission to be firm, not harsh, but firm and call you out. And if you have somebody like that in your life, you're well on your way. And number five, your significant family members. So this might be, you may not have a family. It may be a group of best friends. It may, it may be your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It may be your fiancé. It, it may be mom and dad or in-laws. Whoever it is, your significant family members, you need to be accountable to them. So my two boys, they know when something's up. Right? My wife, she knows when something's up. That's it. People that are close to yeah. you are going to know something's going on. Yeah. And and so when you pull like you were thinking, oh, yeah, I'm fine. You know, the frustrated, insecure, neurotic, and emotional response. Uh, and they're going, nah, I don't think so. You know, um, Cameron, my oldest boy, he would not have a problem saying, Dad, we probably ought to have a sit down here. You don't look good. Something's wrong. You're getting too angry. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and my wife certainly will, you know, will call me out on it. Uh, you know, so a significant family members are, are very, very important. It's very difficult to to be accountable. <laughs> even even the fish look at you funny. Yeah, even the fish. Yeah, <laughs> what's going on with you? Um, you're overfeeding us, or you're not feeding us. The dog is looking what's sideways. Wrong with you know, you? it's very hard to. And accountability is so key, but it's hard to be accountable. If you don't have an employer or if you're if you're self-employed and the people that you I mean, if you have clients, it's OK to, to, to tell your clients, I want you to expect from me to the, be 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 the best at what we're doing here with each other that you you can be that I can be, you know, so but it's very hard to do that if you're not employed. Um it's very hard to make yourself accountable to a spiritual advisor if you're not attending some sort of faith-based fellowship. How can you have a spiritual advisor? Very difficult. Uh, if you're not in a recovery group, there's no recovery group to keep you accountable. If you don't have a sponsor, there's no recovery mentor to keep you accountable. And if you're isolating from your family, how in the heck are they going to know? Uh, so you may not have all five of those, you may have three of those, but whoever you have, give them full license to call you on your stuff. Find some healthy fellowship. Yeah. 
yeah. whatever that is. So, Denver, we're out of time. Yeah. Closing thoughts? <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> hey, listen, if you want to uh, make comments on the show, you certainly are welcome to do that. You can email us at Take12Radio. That's T-A-K-E, the number 12, radio at Comcast.net. You can make comments on our YouTube channel, on our Podomatic page, um, and all social media network uh, platforms. So I hope that's helpful. If it's not, sorry. Maybe it will be later. Maybe it will be later, yeah. right? Hang on to it. Yeah. All right, our closing song. And this is kind of cool because this is Michael Purrington, uh, really the pioneer of recovery music from years and years ago. There's a lot of people that are listening to this show right now, and everything we pointed out, all 15 of these things, they're going, yeah, but you don't know my situation. Yeah, but, you know, I don't have an employer right now. Yeah, but my family won't understand. This song is called The Yabbit Habit. Here's Michael. My sobriety comes first, except for stuff that I want worse. I'll do whatever it takes, and that's a promise I'll gladly break. Little honesty goes a long way, so I'll use as little as I can today. I'll be as selfless as I can be, as long as I know what's in it for me. I got the habit, habit. I got the habit, habit. I got the habit, 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 habit. Well, steps are simple, or so you said. So I'll just work them in my head. The big book is my inspiration, but it's open to interpretation. I'll go to meetings around the clock, crosstalk nonstop. I'll call my sponsor every night, listen close and do what I like. I got the habit, habit. I got the habit, habit. I got the habit, 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 habit. I'll start each day on my knees and pray to God for more for me. I'll stir up trouble everywhere. Then I'll say the serenity prayer. You need service work, I'll be there if I can be the committee chair. I'll be humble and serene. I'm going to be the recovery king. I got the yabbit habit. I got the yabbit habit. I got the yabbit, 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 habit. I got the yabbit habit. I got the yabbit habit. I got the yabbit, yabbit, yabbit. Well, there you go, the Yabbit Habit with Mr. Michael Purrington. Hey, listen, don't forget, you can take us on the go. Visit us at Take12Radio.com. And you can download all the apps for Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, 
and download our app uh, at Podomatic just by clicking on follow us or follow me on Podomatic, also on YouTube. Listen, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>